Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another podcast with Justin Bennett. Now, we hear a lot that people say that they can't save money. And Justin, that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to the show, and uh, I can't wait to learn from you about how you address when people kind of bring up this big concern. Thanks, Matt. I think the whole notion of saving new money as a result of somebody earning income is fairly confronting. I think what ends up happening is people get overwhelmed when they start to think about this idea that they earn money and then they actually have to carve out some of that money, be disciplined around it and put it away under their balance sheet so that at some point in the future, it will produce the income when they're no longer working. And so we have to have empathy back to the client for them to realize that it's a confronting conversation and it's a, it's overwhelming and it could be easily dismissed as a result because if something becomes overwhelming, it's very, it's much easier just to dismiss the conversation or dismiss the, the attention than it is to hit it head on. So because of that, we work really, really hard to help our clients understand that we understand that it is difficult. But then we don't want to just let them uh, figure it out on their own. So what we do is we start to let them realize that there's about 27 different opportunities that they can capture money and put it onto their balance sheet, into their planning, which would then help them with their protection, their savings, their short-term, mid-term, and long-term planning. So we want to be very much solutions-based. And I think by us having the conversation with the client to let them know that we have very, very specific, what we call cash flow triggering events that we will walk them through. And I wanted to kind of get into that a little bit deeper here today, because once somebody understands what those triggering events may be, they start to feel less alarmed and they start to put their guard down. They start to want to have a conversation about how they can improve, how they can really capture the cash flow. They start to feel good about it. They start to feel excited. They start to want to do more of it. And quite frankly, it strengthens the relationship that we have with the client. And that's our single largest job at hand for us is to strengthen and deepen the relationship with the client. And the only way that we can do that is if we're demonstrating ongoing value and helping them with all aspects of their planning. So why don't I start to touch on a number of these 27 different, call it cash flow triggering of triggering events, which ends up being a pretty good exercise. Now these these events and these cash flow sources may happen once a year. They may happen Every other year, they may happen every few years. So they're not necessarily happening every single pay cycle, okay? Because, you know, people have pretty frequent pay cycles. Sometimes it's weekly. Sometimes it's 24 paychecks. Sometimes it's 26. So just to be clear, it doesn't have to coincide with 
one of those pay cycles. It could be at some other off time that there's this trig- cash flow triggering event, which then will create the opportunity for them to save new money onto the balance sheet. So, you know, what what we would point out is there's this this wage base number that's set forth by the government. It's called the Social Security wage base, and it it's indexed for inflation, so it, it typically goes up year over year. But what happens is from dollar one January first, you know, everybody starts kind of at scratch at, at the same level. And then as you begin to earn income, once you hit the Social Security wage base as defined by the government, what occurs is about 6.2% of your of your payroll tax will stop being deducted from your income from that point in time through the end of December. Okay, so what typically happens is people can see that point in their cash flow very, very early on in the calendar year. So it may be, call it, I don't know, March, April, or May, give or take, where this 6.2% is being subtracted from your pay. And then all of a sudden come that social security wage base threshold, which I think is right around 137,000 or so for 2020, there becomes for every dollar going forward, the lack of the 6.2%. So if there's not the 6.2% after that point, we help our clients realize that that's actual money that can be captured and saved and put back onto their balance sheet for their planning. And people just oftentimes may not know that that even occurs because they're just you know moving so quickly with their personal life and their professional life. So what we try to do is, number one, educate them that this Social Security wage base exists, let them know what occurs, and then we help them recognize that when that does happen, we want to, whether it be June, July, August, whatever month, we want them to then start saving that money back onto the balance sheet as opposed to that money just going towards consumption, which it's much easier to do to go to consumption in the event that the awareness isn't there, the education isn't there. So it's very important that we take our clients through that one of many, many cash flow triggering events, which will help them capture this money. And in some cases, we've sat with clients where you know it's been on an annual basis. Now, again, it's not necessarily over the course of or spread evenly over 12 months, but it's been as high as 15, 20, in some cases, 30 and $40,000 that ultimately can be captured and redeployed back onto the balance sheet for planning. So it's really, really important that, you know, that, that one triggering event is discussed. To touch on a few others, Matt, I would say, you know, there's, there's a maximum amount of money, okay, that the government allows you to contribute to a 401k. And so it's, typically designed where it's payroll deducted, it comes out of your paycheck. And once you hit that maximum amount, which is you know about $19,000 without the catch-up provision for 2020, then the, the money from your paycheck that was previously going to the 401k discontinues. So if it discontinues going to the 401k and it's now in your actual paycheck, it's money that can be saved. It just can be saved to a source other than your 401k. And so what occurs is we just need to figure out when this point in time may happen if you're contributing the maximum contribution to the 401k, when you're going to hit that cap, that threshold, and you're no longer going to be permitted to contribute to the 401k. 
And then it's from that point through the end of December that we're then able to re-engineer and redirect those dollars that were previously going to the 401k back onto your balance sheet. You know, that would be like a second cash flow triggering event that we would help clients with. You know, another one might be not necessarily directly from your paycheck, okay? But if clients are putting money into an investment account, a non-retirement investment account, and that investment account spits off interest or income or dividends, oftentimes it's the the default option for those interest income or dividends to be redirected back into the account. Now, when that occurs, we're not going to get into, you know, kind of the mechanics of the tax inefficiency of that, but just for sake of conversation, that default box does not have to be checked off and those dividends, interest, or income can actually go towards another asset on your balance sheet that ends up being more of a comprehensive and coordinated plan. So, you know, a triggering event might be whether it be on a monthly, a quarterly, a semi-annually, or even an annually or any combination thereof, interest income dividends off of a non-retirement investment account instead of them going redirected back into the account, they could easily be taken out of the account or shifted and redirected to another area on your balance sheet that would enhance your overall planning. So, you know, those were those are three, I think, probably very, very common ones. I think a few others that are also common, which would be, you know, a lot of times, whether you own your own business or you don't, you know, people end up having their income structured where, during the course of the year, with their working with their tax professional, they have their income tax liability over withheld. Okay, and so when it's over withheld, then that means that at the end of the year, when you end up sitting down with your tax advisor and you do your tax return, he or she will help you determine that there was more money withheld from your income between January and December than what was necessary, and that results in a tax refund. Okay, and it could be depending upon where you live, there could be a federal, there could be a state, there could be both. So we help our clients realize that if there's going to be a tax refund, right, and that's going to come back onto their balance sheet, it's oftentimes going to happen sometime between, call it February and April when they're completing their taxes with their tax professional. And so if it's five, 10, 20, $30,000, whatever the number is, that's another cash flow triggering event that we would want to have a conversation with the client about where to put that money back onto the balance sheet so that their planning continues to be, continues to be maintained and structured properly with protection and assets and liabilities so that the entire comprehensive structure of their plan is working together. So tax refund is, is another one. I think for our folks that have income that might have more of a salary type income, whether you, again you own your business or you don't, there might be that consistent cash flow that occurs every pay cycle. And then of course, there's a lot of times if you do well and or your company does well, then there may be bonuses rewarded, right? So they could be cash bonuses, they could be stock bonuses. So and they may come at one point in time, they may come at multiple points in time. So we need to understand when those bonus periods may occur. We don't need to calculate exactly how much we think they're going to be, but we just want to know when they may occur so that when they do occur and there's some number greater than zero, that money could then be available 
that's over and above your spend, over and above your burn rate that you can then redeploy back on your balance sheet and enhance your protection and wealth building. Obviously, if you're a business owner and you run a profitable business, there may be the chance that your business has distributions available for you to distribute from the business. Of course, in working with a tax professional and them determining what's appropriate would then determine if there's money available for you to distribute from the business to you personally, and whether that happens on a quarterly basis, which is often the case, or if it happens on an ongoing monthly basis, it's those dollars that should be discussed and then redeployed back on your balance sheet for purposes of your short-term, mid-term, and long-term planning. So bonuses, cash bonuses, distributions from your businesses are another cash flow source that we would identify. You know, a lot of clients, Matt, what they do is as they're becoming more and more wealthy and they're becoming more and more uh, structured and disciplined around their planning, they begin to acquire and develop assets that are kicking off cash flow. And it's the cash flow from those assets that is not needed to support their personal lifestyle. So to pay their mortgage, put groceries you know, in the, in the pantry for the family, put the lights on at their home, et cetera. So if, if a client decides that they want to build those assets that are producing cash flow or income that's in excess of what you know, their, their other monies might be producing. It's like an example would be if someone decides that they want to go out and buy rental income producing real estate. Well, you know, it's the, it's the income in excess of the debt service and taxes and maintenance on that property that is in play that can be then redirected onto the balance sheet to help them enhance their protection and wealth building in the most efficient way. So, as you can start to see, Matt, there's you know a number of opportunities that we can quickly identify that help people begin to realize that this idea of saving new money based on how their current income may be doesn't have to be overwhelming. Because I think what happens is we see it a lot. The, the folks that we sit with initially, at least before we educate them, they feel like the only way that they may be able to save new money would be as if they had a substantial increase in pay. And although that would certainly contribute and give them an opportunity to save new money, it's it's clearly not the only way to save new money. And so it's it's very, very important to us that we spend time to talk through these different triggering events with clients so that we can help them capture their cash flow so that we can then have a conversation with them how to properly deploy it back on their balance sheet so that their planning is structured in a very very disciplined manner and then before you know it what happens is it becomes enjoyable to the client it becomes effective to the client it becomes productive to the client and when that occurs it doesn't it, it, it's not as confronting it's not as overwhelming as it was maybe initially in the beginning. So it's our responsibility to work hard with our clients on an ongoing basis to educate them around these cash flow sources and then ultimately identify them, create integrity and structure around them so that they can be redeployed back under your balance sheet. And I think in a previous episode, Matt, we've we've talked about it and we'll probably talk about it in a in a future episode. But this whole idea that, you know, we we not only 
educate and identify and create these opportunities for them to save this new money, but we actually have mechanically the ability for that money to go into a holding tank on their balance sheet so that it's not commingled with their day-to-day expenses and rather it's bifurcated and it's very much earmarked for them to be able to track and monitor and see and then be able to determine how that should be deployed back onto the balance sheet so that ultimately their their planning becomes most efficient and most effective. So we we don't just identify we don't just educate, identify and leave them there. We'll continue the discussion into the the structure, the actual engineering of designing how we go about capturing that money and then ultimately how that gets deployed onto their balance sheet to help with their objectives and the things that are most important to them over a long-term period. But again, I think the, the, the cash flow triggering conversation, cash flow sources and the triggering events that occur becomes, we like the conversation, we enjoy it. It's, it's probably one of those conversations that when discussed with the client becomes fairly obvious, but I think without us entering their life to then figure out what that number may be and adding up all the cash flow sources, they may not have otherwise ever known that it was some number greater than zero. And if we can help them with their planning and get them to a point in time where they're working because they want to work and not because they need to work in the most efficient manner, then we feel as though we've been able to help them in the most productive way. And and that creates that high touch, high value type relationship. That makes sense, Matt? All those kind of initial points that we talked about, I mean, of course we can keep going on and on, but I just wanted to give our our viewers, our listeners, just a little bit of a flavor on, you know, what our conversations are and some of these actual cash flow triggering events that we, we, we actually help them with. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a, a lot of sense. And I think it's really important for everybody to understand that sitting down with a planner, sitting down with an advisor, sitting down with a person who will walk you through how to look at your balance sheet changes the whole conversation. So, Justin, thank you very much, and uh, thanks for your thought leadership today. Thanks, Matt. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, or show up directly on your listening device. And if you know somebody who has said, I can't save money, send them this podcast by clicking that share button. Super, super easy. And make sure that they get this wisdom so that they can truly change their financial life and optimize their personal economy. So for everybody at Bennett Financial Group, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Justin Bennett is a registered representative of Park Avenue's Securities, LLC, or PAS. OSJ 1150 Raritan Road, Suite 201, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. Phone number 908-709-0020. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be constructed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Registered representative of Park Avenue Security, LLC, PAS, securities products offered through PAS, member FINRASIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York, PAS is a wholly subsidiary of Guardian. Bennett Financial Group, LLC, 
is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. 2020 95320 expiration 3 of 22.